To the gospel according to Matthew, the first chapter, I'll be reading the 18th through the 25th verse. That's Matthew, Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25. Matthew 1, 18 through 25. The gospel according to Matthew, chapter 1, starting with the 18th verse. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Now the birth of Jesus was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. God's word for God's people. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. What's in a name? So one of my favorite TV shows is is, uh, come to a conclusion now. But I used to watch a TV show called The Wire. The Wire is a story about uh, Baltimore and the police and the drugs and the educational system and the news. And there was a character that came right around the end of season three by the name of Marlo Stanfield. And Marlo Stanfield was an up-and-coming drug dealer. Marlo, and uh, in this scene that I thought about when I was preparing this sermon, there's this scene where he's risen to the top. He's the baddest drug dealer in all of Baltimore, and he finally gets arrested. And he and his top people are in jail talking about what they're going to do. This drug kingpin has fallen, and his entire operation has been taken apart. See, uh, not that I've ever sold drugs, but I've just, you know, researched enough about it to understand that some drug dealers try to get away from being caught by not touching everything themselves. So if they have one person to handle the rough and tumble stuff, 
And then they have another person to actually handle the product that they're selling and another person to handle the money. And they never touch either one of those things. They don't beat up or kill nobody. They don't touch the product and they don't touch the money. They think that they can get themselves out of trouble. And so they do this, but they don't understand that when the police get involved, they'll put together a conspiracy and they'll connect you to all of those people. So here he is sitting in jail with his top money man, his top product man, and his top muscle man. And they're all in jail trying to figure out what's going to go on. And here you have a man that's making, they said, somewhere around one to two million dollars a day. And he's been arrested. And he's sitting here with his team trying to figure out what's going on. And he's reading the documents, the indictments and everything. And all of that's going on. And not only is that going on, he's trying to figure out who in his camp told on him. And so he's trying to figure out all of this stuff. And lo and behold, some little minor piece of information goes out. There's a man in the story that's called Omar. And Omar makes his living robbing drug dealers. And, and, and Omar has had a beef with Marlo Stanfield and Omar has been putting the word out on the street that Marlo is scared of him. And his lieutenants and his street dealers, they've been getting robbed and beat up by this man and not telling Marlo that it was Omar and that Omar was challenging him to a fight. And so here you have a man that's about to lose a multi-million dollar a day business. His best bodyguard is in prison for a murder and every all of these things are going on and all he wants to talk about is Omar. What did Omar say? What did he call me? Who said it? Tell me. Talk now. And he said, and I remember it as he said it, he said, when we bust out, when we get through this, meaning when we make bail and, and do all the things that we got to do to get out of jail, when we make bail, y'all go back to the streets and y'all tell them that Omar's word did not get to Marlo. Marlo ain't scared of nobody. Marlo will step to whoever. It don't matter. And he said, my name is my name. Marlo was fiercely protective of his name. He was fiercely protected of his reputation. Never mind everything else that was going on. You could get that back. He was concerned about his name. What is in a name? I remember uh, Romeo and Juliet written by William Shakespeare and they said, what's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would still smell as sweet. So they weren't concerned about the name in the play because Romeo and Juliet came from two different families who were at war with each other. They were concerned about how they felt with each other and you shouldn't be concerned about a name but people Pay attention to names. A name is a noun or a set of words by which a person, animal, place, or thing is known, addressed, or referred to by. It's a designation. It's an honorific. It's a title. It's a tag. It's an epithet. It's a label. It's also a famous person, a celebrity, a star, a superstar, a VIP. You say that something, a big event, will lure out the big names. It's also a verb is to give a title to or specify an amount, place, or time as something desired is suggested or decided on. He showed them a picture and he named a price to choose, to select, to pick, to nominate, to designate. It's a name. We like our names. As 
indicated by my full name being Johnny Simpson Jr. And my daddy's name being Johnny Simpson Sr. And my son's name being Johnny Simpson III. And some of the family on my father's side would actually argue that I'm really the third and he's the fourth because my daddy's daddy's name was John Cleveland Simpson. And so the word, the, the, because he didn't, I don't have a middle name, neither does my dad or my son, we keep it there, but Johnny is being passed around. I have a pet peeve about my name. My name is Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-I-E. Not John, not Jonathan. Johnny is not a child's name. It is a name. So much so it's not a nickname. I, I remember getting called down to the office when I was in high school because it was getting, I was getting ready to graduate. And they called me down to the office because you're supposed to spell out your name correctly and write what's supposed to be on your diploma. And, and here these people were, they were saying, you need to write your correct name on your diploma. This is a legal document and Johnny is a nickname. I said, do you want to see my daddy's name too? Do you want to see my birth certificate? My name is Johnny Simpson Jr., J-O-H-N-N-I-E. And the lady just said it and shook her head and was like, that's a nickname. You need to put your real name on it. And so after about 15 minutes of going back and forth about this, she shook her head and wrote down Johnny on the documentation. But that still wasn't the end of it because when it came time to graduate at Market Square Arena in Indianapolis, Indiana for North Central High School, uh, we, we had, a, we, we had a, a, a class of, I believe, 700. So we had to rent out the arena to have this event. And, and uh, I recall specifically getting up to the podium and they were about to call by name and the announcer got stuck on it and went, John Simpson. Now, I didn't show out there because they had a rule. You couldn't clap. You couldn't whistle. You couldn't say hallelujah. You couldn't say nothing at my graduation because they had about 700 names to go through. And if you said anything, or if anybody clapped, they made you wait off to the side until they got through with everybody else. Then they would hand you your diploma. And they actually had the physical diploma. You know, some graduations, they give you just a folder. They had the physical diploma with my name on it. So there was no showing out, but there's a pet peeve about my name. It's Johnny Simpson Jr. We like our names. We all like our names. You know, I'm familiar with uh, Coca-Cola, the soft drink company. They've actually had up until 2014 a decline in sales. Everybody's not drinking Coca-Cola like they used to. But you know what spiked sales back up in 2014? They started putting people's names on the can and on the bottles. And once people wanted to buy a, 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 a can of Coke with their name on it, they started buying it more. We like our names. I've traveled quite a bit and stopped at oases and gas stations and rest stops. And I always see something, the same thing in all these different places when I'm traveling. They'll have these personalized keychains with everybody's name on it. And everybody's buying it. We like our names. And that's what was being discussed here in the reading of the text. 
in the gospel according to Matthew, the names. Uh, all four gospels talk about the coming of Jesus. All four gospels lay out something before they get started. Uh, John gets cosmic with it. Talks about the beginning of time. In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And he goes on later on to talk about the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. And we're reminded in Revelation about the, 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 the label on the name of Jesus will be the word of God. So he talks about what happens in the beginning of time. Mark has things to do. So his gospel is the shortest. He gets right to the point. There are things where the gospels have paragraphs and paragraphs of verses to be described. And he just says, Jesus went into the wilderness, was tempted and came out. Jesus went to the Jordan River, was baptized and came out. That is real quick stuff that everybody talks a long time about. Mark's got things to do. But if you want to know what happens before the beginning of time, or not before, but in between the beginning of time and when Jesus got baptized, you want to go to Matthew and Luke. They cover a little bit about it and they tell us what happens. And Matthew likes to tell us who Jesus is and who Jesus was and where he was from in the first couple of chapters and that's how we get to this that's why before the, the part in your reading they talk about the genealogy and the son of David and the son of Abraham and all the people who begat Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and going through the land he wants you to know who he is whose name Jesus is attached to But as we come to it, we, 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 we come to an issue in the text, amen? Joseph is distressed. Let the church say distressed. distressed. Uh, extreme anxiety, sorrow or pain, anguish, suffering, agony, torment, heartache, heartbreak, misery, unhappiness, sadness, woe, desolation and despair. He is heartbroken because his wife-to-be is pregnant and it ain't his he is distressed he is worried about his name it's funny when I look at the way people act and relate to each other and I, one thing I've always noticed when I look at certain situations is um, infidelity and, and I watch how people um, discuss certain things and it's unfortunate uh, when when Particularly when a, a, a woman has cheated on a man, the way the man is talked about and looked at as weak. He obviously wasn't doing something right, so she had to go get what she needed elsewhere. What kind of man can't control his woman and let her step out on him like that? When we talk about it, the man's name goes in the gutter. And so Joseph was distressed. He was heartbroken because here it is, is his fiance, his baby, the one he was going to marry. She pregnant and it ain't his. So he's distressed. And I don't think it helps when somebody comes to tell you that they're pregnant, but they're pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Where does the Holy Spirit live? I need to see his address because I need to go holler at him. You obviously not talking about no celestial being. You talking about a person. 
That don't make sense. It's hard to wrap your head around it. We've all had health in middle school. We know where babies come from. Yeah. So he's distressed. But in his distress, he dis- he makes a decision. Let the church say decision. Decision. Yeah. Not wanting to disgrace Mary. He decides to break the engagement secretly. Joseph was not only concerned about his name, yeah. but he was concerned about Mary's name. Back then, an engagement was as legally binding as a marriage. So cheating on your fiance was just as bad as cheating on the marriage. And we can go to the Old Testament laws and see what happened when people were unfaithful. It involved a lot of stones. But so he resolved to take care of it quietly. He resolved to take care of this in a way that he could preserve not only his name, but Mary's name. Because the engagement was uh, 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 um, obligatory. There was, there was no... There was, there was no way out of it. Engagement and marriage to them had all the same punishments. And so he's presented as a righteous man because he did this. He's put in a difficult situation, but he made a decision. And it's not vindictive. Amen. He could have very well said, hey, Mary cheated on me. Let's, uh, let's all have this rock party in the neighborhood right now. Let's, let, I'm taking RSVPs. Let's do this. Serious <laughs> But he decided to put her away quietly and he was unwilling to expose her publicly. Amen. He made a decision. But then Joseph had a dream. Let the church say dream. Dream. His dream was that this angel of the Lord came to him and told him that this child was pregnant, was came from the Holy Spirit and that she was not unfaithful. Joseph found out about the pregnancy and he realized that that even though she's made a decision through this dream, he's learned that she has maintained Mary, that is, maintained her purity. Amen. Freedom from adulteration or contamination, freedom from immorality, especially, they say, of a sexual nature is pure. Joseph has found out about the pregnancy and now he's finding out that who the pregnancy is by and he's reassured. That his wife, his wife to be, has not been unfaithful, and so he's remained pure. And he was told this by the angel of the Lord. And this pure woman was here going to provide a new person in the world, and that person would be named Jesus. Amen. Amen. He was the one that was by a prophecy. Uh, I'm amazed when I go back and forth I've learned to gain an appreciation of Isaiah Mm -hmm. because Isaiah put forth a lot of prophecies about Jesus and the angel of the Lord told him that he was going to conceive a child and the child would be named Jesus and he would be conceived without a human father this was a fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy If you return to Isaiah 7 and 14, it would tell you, therefore, the Lord himself would give you a sign. Behold, the the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and we shall call his name Emmanuel. 
uh, while I'm there, I'm going to stop and be a little, little bit of a uh, talk about something I learned in the cemetery, seminary. 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 Not cemetery. Seminary. Got it. Seminary. One of the things that I've learned is that uh, when we look at the Bible that we have, uh, the Bible, the Christianity, this thing, the reason why we all have gathered around did not start in 1611 with the King James Version of the Bible. I know we like to try to, you know, some of our more woke people like to talk about it like this is a product or a byproduct of slavery. But it was going on long before that. You had text before you had the King James Version of the Bible. All, all translations, by the way, is interpretation. And so one of the things that comes up when the woke people try to discredit the Bible is they talk about um, the different translations. Because you have something in the Old Testament that they call the Masoretic Texts. That was one of the oldest translations of, 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 of the Old Testament scriptures. And then you have what was called the Septuagint. And that's a lot of times when you read in the old, when you read in the New Testament, somebody referencing an Old Testament scripture, they're referring to the Septuagint. And what that is, is a Greek translation of the Hebrew scripture, sometimes referred to as LXX. And so one of the things that comes up when we talk about Jesus is, is virgin birth. And so some of the more wise uh, people who know just enough to be dangerous to talk about the fact that uh, the text never actually pre- pre- uh, predicted or prophesied that Jesus was going to be born of a virgin. Mm. Uh, 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 the Hebrew word that was translated to Greek for the Septuagint uh, uh, <clears throat> says uh, that it, it doesn't really say that the actual translation is young woman. And so Jesus was not really born of a virgin. and You shouldn't be able to talk about that. Young woman and virgin are interchangeable. Mm-hmm. All right. So if I said I drove a black SUV to church today and somebody else says, no, you drove an Equinox, it's the same thing. We split hairs over things and cut off our nose to spite our face. Yeah, yeah. Born of a virgin, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, yeah. dead, and buried. The third day he rose from yeah. the dead. But that is a fulfillment when they talk about it in the text where he says, And behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and we shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. That's fulfilling Isaiah 7 and 14. Yeah. But I wish I had time to, to, to really unplug it, but there are like 300 plus Old Testament scriptures where they were prophesying for the Messiah to come and Jesus fulfilled them all. All right. And so they said that, and, and, and I like that Matthew brings it up, but Matthew doesn't hang his hat on 7 and 14 because if you read the first couple chapters of Matthew, he goes, oh, you'll find multiple, multiple prophecies that he fulfilled already. Uh, he was born of a virgin. That gives us 7 and 14. And if you were to go to Isaiah 12 and 2, where it says, Behold, God is my salvation. 
For I will trust and not be afraid For Yah the Lord is my strength and song He has also become my salvation That's where we get the name from 12 and 2 And if you will scroll on down to 35 and 4 Still in Isaiah It will say Say to those who are fearful hearted Be strong and do not fear. Behold, your God will come with a vengeance. He will recompense, be with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. That's how we know that Jesus is coming to save us. So we know that he's born of a virgin from Isaiah 7. We know that he's going to get a name in Isaiah 12. And we know in 35, Isaiah 35 that he's coming to save us. And if we were to slide on down to Isaiah 49, it would say, listen, O coastlands to me. Take heed, you peoples from afar. For the Lord has called me from the womb, from the matrix of my mother. He has made mention of my name. And so we know that he's going to be prophesied from from the womb. Here we have Mary who was pregnant with a baby by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph has been told while that baby is still in the womb that he's coming to save us. Uh What Isaiah had predicted hundreds of years before he came. That name. Yeah. Yeah. And so Joseph makes a decision. And the decision that he made at first was to preserve his name. Uh. And that decision that he made at first was not only to preserve his name, but it was to preserve Mary's name. But he decided later on after he got a dream to make a different decision. And not to care about his own personal status. Not to care about his own history. Not to care about what somebody else would think about him. He made a decision to do something different. And he took Mary to be his wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. We ought to be a little bit more like Joseph. Stop thinking about what we want and think about what God wants. Amen, amen. We all got some big names. We all got some histories attached to our names. But there's a name that is greater than our own name. And we ought to be thinking about what we do in the name of God and Uh not just the name of Johnny, not just the name of Jessica, not just the name of Michael, not just the name of St. Paul. Is it what God wants? We need to be a little bit more like Joseph and get out the way of God. Yeah, 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 yeah. I understand that we all are some pretty smart people. We've lived a long time. We've seen a few things. We might have a little title upon our job. But our decision making is not to trump the decision making of God. Joseph got out the way. Joseph decided not to care about his name and think about the name of Jesus. All right. And in, prof- and, 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 and in doing that, he fulfilled another prophecy. <clears throat> because the, the, the prophecy said that the Messiah was going to come out of the house of David. All right. Yeah. Mary was not out of the lineage of David. Hmm. So Joseph made a decision to, to, to marry this woman and then Jesus became out of the lineage of David. Mm. Jesus had a name. And Josephus the historian says that even then Jesus, the name itself was not that rare. Josephus said in the text when he wrote the history that he knew up to 20 people that had that same name. And Jesus, by the way, while we talk about names, last name is not Christ. <laughs> All right. All right. 
Christ is what he's done for us. That's the Messiah. That's the Savior. That's what that comes from. It would have been something like Yeshua Ben Joseph or Yeshua Bar Joseph, which meant Jesus, son of Joseph, because there's no J in that language. Mm -hmm. Which is another thing that we split hairs over when I deal with some of the more woke people. Yeshua, Jesus, same thing. Mm -hmm. It's okay to have languages with different letters in them or not in them. But that would have been his official name. But he knew those people. And Jesus, Yeshua means Yahweh helps. Yeshua means Yahweh will save. And so while he was being called Jesus or Yeshua, whatever you want to call it, it was the same thing. But he came. Because And he came to fulfill the duties of that name. There were plenty of people running around during that time that people thought were coming to save the people of God. But there was only one person that actually did it. And that was Yeshua, Jesus. Yahweh saves. Yahweh will help. Jesus will come to save us. God with us. They could have called him a bunch of other things too. They could have called him healer. Mm-hmm. Could have called him deliverer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could have called him the feeder of the multitude. Could have called him the one that heals the sick, that raises the dead, that opens up blinded eyes, that sends, that proclaims liberty to the captives and sets them free. He could have called him the one that is the good shepherd, the bishop of our souls, the rose of Sharon, the wheel in the middle of the wheel, the lily of the valley. Wonderful counselor, everlasting father, prince of peace. He preserved his name. He did what he came to do yeah. by saving us. Yeah. All right. It's the name. Yeah. He did what he needed to do. And in that name, he fulfilled it. And in that name is how we come. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come.